You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. 800-922-6680. Today is uh, Friday, and by the grace of God, it is finally Friday, by the way. Coming up, uh, Dr. Peter McAuliffe is going to be talking to us. He created a company called The Wellness Company, but he was also one of the most censored physicians in world history. And now people are beginning to realize, as uh, we all have, that it wasn't misinformation or disinformation. It was the truth. And we'll get to all of that uh, as the uh, show progresses. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden, this is pretty interesting. Nine, nine, uh, nine charges, I guess. Uh, he could land him 17 years in jail. He won't do that. But, you know, the most important thing is it exposes not only uh, the abject criminality of the Biden family, which is indisputable at this point, but also uh, the scumbags at the IRS, the DOJ, the DHS, who have manipulating you, the facts, protecting those in power like any a uh, uh, communist government ever dreamed of. Uh, they, Joseph Stalin is looking up from hell, and he's having a he's having a two top with Hitler, and they're going, "Damn, can you believe that the American people fell for that crap?" I mean, that, we're not even they're not even communists. They're the First Amendment, and the and the the uh, the, the media said, "Okay, we'll tow the party line for the government." You know, no matter if it means putting innocent people in jail. No matter if it means, uh, you know, lying about January the 6th and other stuff and, and saying that Russia collusion was real. Joseph and then Hitler's like, I know, I can't believe it either. It's crazy. And look, look. And then liberals are doing crystal knocked all over again on American campuses in New York City and Philadelphia. I know. Here, cheers to you. Cheers to you. Maybe they're having a glass of milk like they did again of, uh, of uh, Inglorious Bastards. They're having a glass of, of delicious fresh milk. <laughs> 2018 Hunter, <laughs> this is pretty funny, uh, is alleged to have spent $100,000 on adult entertainment, but only $500 on mortgage payments. See, this is uh, what happens when you live with your parents. <laughs> Some payments are laid out, laid out, huh, in excruciating detail, including $11,500 for an escort to spend just two nights with him in 2018. Meanwhile, Richard Gere is going, how much did I pay for Julia Roberts in that movie from 1989? 12 grand? 12 grand? 12 grand? I don't think I could have uh, 12 grand's worth of uh, enjoyment. I'm honestly, 12 grand, huh? Hunter made $3,947 in payments to M Street Management, a strip club in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, we also got a stripper pregnant there, and uh, had the, the stripper had the baby, Navy Joan, and uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Uh, Hunter Biden's fighting it, you know, trying to get out of, uh, uh, you know, child support payments, and he's having to make child support payments, and Joe Biden is completely ignoring the child because he's a filthy, rotten, bleepity, 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 bleep, and he always has been. He's also uh, uh, he allegedly uh, used the business line of credit to make $27,000 in payments to an online pornography website. Does he not know that I think there's some of that stuff and it's free on the interweb? I, I could be wrong. One-fifth of all the business line of credit expenditures. I mean, what are you going to... What? Really? Really? Just watch a Nicki Minaj video. It's real close. Uh, the president's son also made uh, one uh, one off payments, uh, such as a $1,500 Venmo payment on August 14, 2018, to an exotic dancer at a strip club that he attempted to pass off. 
as the purchase of artwork. <laughs> hey, baby, perform some art on me. <laughs> I don't think they call that finger painting. Okay. <clears throat> In the following two months, Hunter spent a staggering $43,000 on sh- stays at the Chateau Marmont in L.A., uh, they, and, and then uh, there, there's, uh, by the way, all these charges, all nine filed in California relate to tax. They include two felony charges for filing a false return, felony uh, charge for tax evasion, four failure to pay charges, and a further two charges for failure to file. It's the, uh, it's the uh, Al Capone. It's the Al Capone strategy, right? And kind of that, I guess. But it's all, it's all coming down. I mean, it's all coming down. There's no doubt that Joe Biden was involved in it. There's no doubt that Joe Biden's the reason for it. Dear God in heaven. And that our, our government, I mean, I still have trouble completely understanding Watergate. And, and it was nothing compared to this. Nothing compared to this at all. Nothing. They were covering up nothing compared to this. It is unbelievable what they've done to us and what they did to the country. Unbelievable. And then, and then Hunter got $4.9 million from his lawyer. Uh, you remember that guy, Kevin Morris, smoking a bong just about a month ago on, a, on his deck in L.A.? IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler, uh, he got $5 million bucks in three years from his lawyer. They all knew that he was going to be in tax trouble before 2020. They all knew about it. So Ziegler stepped in, not Ziegler, but uh, this, uh, this donor, Kevin Morris, stepped in to take care of the tax, the tax bill. And then Hunter, he also got a lot of money from. Uh, he said it was. Uh, he said it was loans. Said it was loans. There's a wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden on August second, 2019, from $250,000 from Li Jingjiang, known as Jonathan Lee, the CEO of BHR Partners, and Miss Tan Ling. Tan Ling. Uh, the com- committee is uh, trying to identify uh, Ling's role. Turns out Hunter Biden did not pay the loan back. Because it wasn't a loan. It was laundry. Kevin Morris also paid $2 million in Hunter Biden's delinquent taxes in addition to $50,000 donation to Joe Biden's campaign. He's also purchased some of uh, Hunter Biden's art. <laughs> Crazy, right? Let's go to John in Baltimore. He wants to talk today. John, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. What's going on, my friend? Oh, thank you, Rob. Same to you. Uh uh, I had the uh, distinct uh, pleasure of meeting you uh, about a year and a half ago when you came to Baltimore the first time. I was oh, a member of the Honor Guard, and you spent some oh, time very, with us. Very um, good, sir. Mike, what I wanted to ask you about was uh, how come you never hear anybody in the Republican Party, which I like to call the stupid party, why do they not uh, challenge these uh, people on the left when they when they call us mega extremists? You know, they can't even spell extremists, much less you know define it. Uh, you know, gun control. If gun control works, how come you got teenagers uh, walking the streets of Baltimore armed to the teeth? And I heard Hillary Clinton comparing uh, Trump to Hitler the other day, saying that Hitler was duly elected, and I almost jumped through the TV screen. Pick up a history book and read it. You know, yeah. Hitler was not elected. He was appointed. Of course. Much like Biden, they, yeah. he was not elected, but they stuck him in there. Well, you know, the FBI and the DOJ were involved in censoring a lot of negative information about Joe and Hunter Biden before the election. So you can't say the election was fair. 
There was a lot of shenanigans, John. Yes, that's what I can say. There was a lot of shenanigans. The reason why the GOP doesn't come out when people are called MAGA fascists and enemies of democracy is because a good share of the GOP doesn't want Donald Trump to be the president because they're old guard GOP and they're deep staters and they know the gravy train is over. Yeah, that's why. They're right that's why. Oh, brother, it is. It's spray-painted on the side of the wall. It is spray-painted outside the strip club, right there on the wall. <laughs> John, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it is the, I appreciate it. It's, it's uh, yeah. They, none of them like, uh, uh, none of them, like uh, a lot of them don't like uh, Donald Trump. And, and that's why they, they just, they don't say anything about it. They don't talk. Nobody has come out and said that all of these indictments are clearly lawfare being used against Donald Trump. It's very obvious, very kangaroo. The, the kangaroo court, January the 6th hearings, where was Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell doesn't want Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. You know, Liz Cheney certainly doesn't want uh, Trump in Washington, D.C. It's going to end his daddy's gravy train. I'm not saying he's still on the dole, but he certainly was a part of the, the D.C. establishment. Dear God. Hell, even Catherine Herridge. Catherine Herridge is a real journalist, by the way. Love me some Catherine Herridge. Here she is on CBS talking about uh, what's, ha- what's going down right now on CBS. It's pretty remarkable. Come on, Catherine. Now, you mentioned there could be more charges. What makes you think that? It's just my reading of, of the document in, in the first page. I think the language is uh, that they describe him as a lobbyist. Lobbyists have to register under what's called FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which is a government way of saying that if you're working on behalf of foreign interests, you have to tell the U.S. government. In this case, the indictment spends a lot of time talking about Hunter Biden's business deals with the Ukraine energy firm Burisma. Burisma, It also talks about his work with a Chinese energy firm, CEFC, and it also talks about his work with Romania. And that, to me, seems to leave the door open to potential fear of violations. I also would add that there has been some reporting subpoenas have been issued for his uh, his business partner, the president's uh, brother, James Biden. Oh, yeah, and Jimmy. that would go to the idea of a FARA, you know, working together, yeah. lobbying on behalf of foreign interests. Now, we say all of that, but their position has been that they he he accepts responsibility for this this period in his life but they've in no way admitted that they have been lobbying on behalf of those entities oh yeah it wasn't really lobbying it was just influence peddling i guess you can call it lobbying i guess bribery is what he it has is. a marshmallow brain that's joe biden jim got with it. a head empty as it can be sounds like a watermelon yes, his brain is weak healthy odyssey President, he shouldn't be. Oh, no, he was installed. He's a what? Dumb, dummy Joe, he is senile. Giving him four more years is insane. Yeah, well, pretty much, he won't get it. He has lost his mind, and he should resign. Joe Biden has a marshmallow brain. <laughs> Democrat nice. voters don't seem to care. Nope. They're fully aware. Joe isn't all there. He and his son are corrupt as can be. Uh-huh. It should end his presidency. And it will. You know that Kamala is hoping Joe will fold underneath all the strain. She won't have his back when it finally cracks. Joe Biden has a marshmallow brain. 
and it's toasted. Uh, let's go to Tariq in Ellicott City. Hello there, Tariq. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on today? Yes, uh, I uh, I understand. I'm wondering if you heard this also, that the Chinese premier was asked, how much does it cost to buy an American president? And he said, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> nice, nice. What do you think? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't doubt that he said that at all. Uh, any other comments on uh, on the Biden family corruption and the nine indictments of uh, Hunter Biden? Yeah. Now, you and I both agree, and we know that the election was stolen. That, that's a fact. Why? Because we're not tampering. tampering. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, there. Yeah. Go ahead. No matter how you cut it, you have to agree that 50 million American citizens voted for this this monkey. 80, 81 million, actually. So yeah, most well, in they history. have trouble counting. You know, it's a 1.6 <laughs> ratio. <laughs> they <laughs> underestimate it. <laughs> Certainly. All right, but, 50 million yeah. votes. I thought Americans were supposed to be smart people. Well, you know, uh, they are. They are. And and there are new uh, new uh, uh, surveys out that if you took out the mail-in voting that Donald Trump won all 50 states, that's true. It's, it is true. Uh, but, you know, there, there you go. Well, this is all going to get uh, this is all going to get sorted out, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. This is uh, Alan Dershowitz. And the credit is with a judge who took David Weiss's plea deal with Hunter and said, I don't think so. That's why this is happening. Well, first of all, let's remember who's responsible for all of this coming out. We have to give credit to Judge Noriega. Judge Noriega made sure that this was not all covered up by a deal that made no sense. Uh, sense. I predicted on your show and other shows that Judge Noriega would not accept the deal. I remember that. I was trashed for it by many academics, by CNN, by Everybody many was. other media. Yep. But she did the right thing. The she sent it back, and the result has been now much more information coming out to the American public. As I've said before, I hope that this results in the appointment of a real real special counsel outside the Justice Department. All right. Now, there are some things that are going to happen. There are some moving parts. We've seen that David Weiss tried to slide this by with the previous judge. He could be finagling to get Biden out of this, or he could be covering his own rear end. We will see. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. We asked uh, Devin Archer, what did Hunter Biden do when, he, when you guys got that request? And Devin Archer's response was, he called his dad. And then the more important question is, what did Joe Biden then do? Three days later, he flew to Ukraine and said, you're not getting the money unless you fire the prosecutor applying the pressure. I mean, holy cow, that, that's under oath from the business partner. Yeah. Now we have these emails where he is using a pseudonym talking to another business partner of oh, Hunter yeah, Biden. Like that, yeah. In addition to the calls, the meetings, the dinners. And remember, Hunter Biden got on the plane. And a partridge in a pear tree. And got on Air Force Two and flew to different locations <laughs> yeah. where we think he conducted business. So the idea that he has no idea about this is just ridiculous. Yeah, and even old Charlemagne, oh my God, believes that Joe Biden should jump out of the uh, race. Oh my God. This is Biden's ego talking, okay? If you think there are other people who can beat him, step aside, all right? I know you think you've got this in the bag. <laughs> 
I, I know he thinks he's got this in the bag, but the polls say otherwise. I want Biden stepping in to beat Trump the way I want him stepping in to defend me at a bar fight. Which ain't gonna happen. I appreciate you, Karen, but I don't like our chances. Uh, because you, uh, you don't have a chance because everybody gets it now. It's just crazy, right? pretty crazy hey peter mcauliffe a doctor who was uh, censored like so many uh, doctors in america for disagreeing with the government's covid protocol is going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour i grabbed this off his uh, his uh, uh twitter page the, today and it's kind of interesting and this is all true this is not disinformation and misinformation he's not being censored like he used to listen to this so the view was we were going to be attacked by an invader not a foreign army but a virus and we were going to behave like we were attacked by an army so anything we do militarily in response to this will be a counter he's alluding to what he believes is the government was uh, well that, that covid was planned sure and in the military they don't it's not about medical freedom it's not about freedom of choice it's not about keeping your business open or closed it's the military and one will respond the very interesting thing about this is how the complex orchestrated this worldwide and simultaneously that was, I think, very, very impressive. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting how everything happened exactly the same way worldwide, the same way that uh, open borders is happening worldwide, the same way that green energy nonsense is being pushed worldwide. All of this is not by accident. It's by design. And here is where Peter McAuliffe said all of this originated as far as COVID. And you know the complex is active by just watching the movement. Scott Gottlieb is one of my contemporaries, former FDA commissioner. He's in the complex. He's on the board of Pfizer now. His predecessor, Stephen Hahn, who was very active as I was active in the early... Remember what I told you about the pipeline between Big Pharma and the government? ...parts of the pandemic, now works for the venture capital firm, supporting and funding Moderna. Huh. Deborah Burks, the scarf lady oh, yeah, who's in the... Uh, Deborah Burks. Yeah. Yes, she's now CEO of a biotech company. No! And there's been preparedness. That's what? an important word. No. PrEP Act. Congress and Health and Human Services write the PrEP Act in 2005, and it says we will have waves of pandemics. It, they're coming from Zika to uh, uh, smallpox to SARS to you name it, it's coming, and we will be prepared. And when it's prepared, it'll be a national security operation. It'll be a national emergency, and we will have countermeasures. Countermeasures will be provided, and they will be immune from all forms of liability. That's what the PREP Act said. That was memorialized in 2005. Wow, that's kind of weird, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, none of the companies that uh, were distributing the vaccines could be sued if anybody got sick and you weren't able to say that you got sick because it was uh, considered disinformation <laughs> i know i know it's it, it would be it would be if i were just a clueless sheep which i'm not i would wake up today and go oh my god but you see i was i knew this all along because it just made no sense it made no the response the shutdown all of it the vaccine coming out of nowhere the mandates the schools being sh- i could go on and on and on on and, and i won't though i'm gonna let peter mccullough talk about this and other things on the other side of the break and also how you can uh, stay healthy through this uh, white lung bs that's coming from china this my friends is the rob carson show
Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline is a uh, man that I am so thrilled to have on the show, let alone thrilled that he is being vindicated. Uh, for all of the uh, all of the uh, slings and arrows that he took from our federal government, the mainstream media, labeling his truth as disinformation and misinformation, Dr. Peter McCullough, a uh, very good Friday to you, sir, and thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Hey, I just saw a, uh, a video on your Twitter feed, and I just played the audio, from uh, you talking about the 2005, uh, uh, was it the Plan Act uh, in 2005, and how this may have set us up for, or at least prepared the government for what happened during the COVID pandemic? Can you tell us about that? The 2005 PrEP Act, which is written by Congress and HHS, predicted a series of pandemics and uh, provided the underpinnings for emergency use allocations of funds and indemnification of uh, suppliers of countermeasures, including uh, vaccines and other therapeutics. So this was done a long time ago. Uh, the thought was that we could be invaded by, uh, you know, a virus or some other pathogen, and we should be ready. So the United States has been in the business of biological threats and response from quite some time and been prepared. I ask you this, was this about being prepared? Or were there people like, I don't know, Anthony Fauci has been, uh, had his position in Washington, D.C. since for about 40 years. He was also in charge of the response to, uh, to HIV. Um, do you suppose that this, this wasn't necessarily Congress being ready for a potential pathogen, but it could happen because maybe we were involved in developing one in China? I'm just throwing some ideas out there. Well, it was clear that uh, we were involved in developing them. And so that's now well chronicled. Uh, Dr. Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, uh, published in 2015 Nature Medicine Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, that they created SARS-CoV-2. They created it then. That means they created it in the years ahead of time. It was a U.S.-Chinese collaboration. The EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak helped shuttle the plans over to China. The work was done in China. It was gain-of-function research. It says right in the manuscripts it was, but it was grandfathered in before the uh, NIH ban on funding gain-of-function research. And it was done in the biosecurity annex in Wuhan, China. And that biosecurity lab was built by Biomaryu under the direction of Stefan Bainzel, who was the CEO of Biomaryu before he joined Moderna. So all this was created ahead of time. It's very Why important. did they... Why did they do this? Why did they need to do this? Why did they want to create this virus? Was it, was it scientists working just in case they needed to defend against weaponized uh, viruses that countries could use as bioweapons? Or did they, they legitimately collaborate to create this for the benefit of people in power? I, I, I'm, again, I'm thinking out loud here. You're the expert on this. No, it appears that it wasn't for the sake of science. Okay, and, and, and it does appear as if it was for the creation of a biological threat. And what we've learned is that there are many, many biolabs out there. And gain-of-function research is, is banned from funding from the NIH, but there's private foundation gain-of-function research is legal, and it's going on all over. And there are many labs and companies and NGOs in the business of developing biological threats that can harm human populations and then coming up with answers like uh, therapeutics, um, uh, monoclonal antibodies, and vaccines as countermeasures. It's like holding 
a missile and a missile defense system. In this new era of biological warfare, these have capital. And the EcoHealth Alliance, led by Peter Daszak, who uh, will be up in front of the House Select Committee, uh, is, is one of the foremost purveyors of this. He aspires to hold many of these as valuable assets. Now, Dr. McAuliffe, uh, I remember when COVID started and I was selling cars for a living. I had to sell cars because I, I couldn't get a job in radio and I was discovered by by uh, by Chris Ruddy. And I remember I was like, this is really strange because I'm seeing on television people in Wuhan falling dead. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing all these things and yet they still left Walmart open. They still left the liquor stores open. There were never any body pits behind Walmart. It was the deadliest pandemic of all time and then after i got done of 12 hours of selling cars i would drive to the biggest uh, emergency room medical facility in johnson county kansas in kansas city and never saw anybody in the emergency room there and uh, the two hospital ships that donald trump got ready were never used and the hospital set up by uh by in in uh, central park in new york it was never used and all the ventilators were never used why did this all happen? Was it just about making money? Was it just about creating something and paying off people? Well, look at the PrEP Act. The PrEP Act provided tremendous resources to all these suppliers. So when an emergency was declared by Trump and by the HHS secretary at the time, and, of course, these emergency declarations have been continued upon continued all the way until May of, of this year, this was an absolute money orgy. It went to all of these suppliers, these no-bid contracts, and so it was greatly oversold. And, uh, you know, they had built an entire Army hospital here in Dallas at the convention center. And I wrote wrote an op-ed in the Hill. I said, they're not going to use a single bed. They had 1,200 beds, ventilators, uh, IV lines, people standing at the ready, and the the ERs were empty. It was greatly oversold, and there was a massive shift of money to all of these pandemic response suppliers. And so this is what we call the biopharmaceutical complex. This syndicate has been set up now, and there are people so lathered up for the next pandemic. Peter Desick has been writing about disease X all over the EcoHealth Alliance website X. in the New York Times, saying we're going to wow. get more and more of these. Now tell me about this disease X. Is, is that just a, uh, a blanket for the possibility of it, or is that this uh, white lung that I've heard about? What, what exactly is this all about? It's a blanket for the possibility. Again, Peter Desick plays a central role here. He says there's 1.6 million unknown viruses that could take us down. And, uh, you know, it just is absolutely creating uh, a, a fear storm uh, to drive more funding, the National Institutes of Health, and then in the military, DARPA, the U.S. military is deep into this. Uh, they had a, they started a program back in 2012 called the ADEPT P3 program. They said they would use messenger RNA to end pandemics in 60 days. That's in 2012. These things weren't cooked up overnight. This has been brewing for a long time. And I can tell you, they're trying to position any new threat as a scare. We've already seen the COVID-19 national and public health emergency declarations. Then we saw monkeypox. Remember that? That was actually a national public health <laughs> declaration. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, the next thing up, uh, this is the, the Chinese white lung syndrome, we have a good handle on. There's over 150 papers on this. This is a macrolide-resistant 
mycoplasma pneumonia. It's a very small bacteria. It gets inside cells. Uh, you know, it's a form of what's called community atypical pneumonia. It's easily treated with forms of quinolones like ciprofloxacin or tetracyclines like doxycycline. It's not a problem. I have firsthand knowledge of a case uh, where a doctor took care of the patient. The problem is the Chinese don't have the diagnostic test for mycoplasma like we do. We, we could diagnose it in the U.S. ER in 20 minutes, and they're guessing at it. They're only checking for COVID and flu. So the Chinese are making it much more mysterious than it should be. It should not be of any fear or concern to anybody in America. We can handle this if we have a case of it. And there will be cases. Now, the bottom line is these, these illnesses do spread around. Uh, lockdowns and distancing or shutting down air traffic doesn't stop this. The people are too mobile. The reason they like these uh, lung ailments is because they're easy to transmit. They are also uh, generally not fatal by themselves, but can their their fatality can be attributed by eliminating the real cause of death, the uh, the comorbidities, as they did with COVID. Because I believe was it you the other day who said. No, I think it might have been Dr. Robert Malone. He said that overall he only felt that there were 139,000 deaths from COVID in the United States exclusively from COVID. What are your what are your thoughts on the actual deaths from COVID versus those who had pre-existing conditions? And as anyone knows, with elderly people, pneumonia is one of the number one killers. So lung right. ailments in people who have comorbidities are more prone to dying from them. Well, our CDC says that only 10% of the COVID deaths which are somewhere around 1.3 million, about 10% were due strictly to COVID pneumonia alone, and that uh, the remainder had considerable contributors, like, you know, end-of-the-line heart or lung disease, cancer, renal failure, et cetera. The Italian data, they've adjudicated all the data. They think it's only 3% directly attributed to COVID. And because anybody who tested positive for COVID, even if they died of a hip fracture, and they tested positive for COVID, they are counted as a COVID death. We've had this gross exaggeration. So as we sit here today, we can say, yes, for sure, 130,000 Americans probably directly died due to COVID. Now, those who died of COVID, about 40% were already past life expectancy. They were still robbed of whatever life they had left, and it wasn't fair. Um, But the the overall number has been grossly inflated. Doctor, do you know what hospitals, what county municipalities and whatnot were paid for COVID on the death certificate or for, you know, hospitals who would have somebody come in with a broken ankle and test positive for COVID? If they had COVID, regardless of symptomatic, the hospital got money. Do you know anything about those figures? No, I don't know the schedule. I can just say in general, COVID provided a windfall to hospitals with guaranteed reimbursement. Uh, they got preferred reimbursement if the remdesivir was used. Uh, there were benefits for um, use of the mechanical ventilator and deaths. These are all called perverse incentives. So hospitals actually had no incentive to keep people out of the hospital. They didn't provide any outpatient treatment centers to keep people out of the hospital and let them treat this at home. And then once people came into the hospital, uh, they had their rights taken away. They, they, didn't, they weren't given a broad a set of treatment choices. Uh, for instance, McCullough Protocol was, was the most widely used outpatient protocol. Uh, the McCullough Protocol was far more extensive than what people got in the hospital. They got medicine stripped away from them in the hospital, and sadly, virtually all the deaths, Rob, occurred in the hospital. 
Wow. Let me ask you this. Is Resdemavir the AZT of COVID? Because Anthony Fauci was in charge of AZT, uh, the response to, uh, to HIV, um, and they came up with Resdemavir. They tried to pre- treat people with it. It tr- proved to be quite deadly to many people. Uh, is that, is that uh, or, or I should say AZT. And then Resdemavir appears to have done the same thing to a lot of people who had COVID. What, what do you think about that? I think there are two separate issues. Um, I was practicing during the time of the uh, HIV pandemic when it was first emerging, and we used AZT, Zidovidine, um, as one of our initial drugs. A- Anthony Fauci really didn't play a role, honestly. Okay. Okay. I mean, I when, when I prescribed AZT, I didn't think of Anthony Fauci. Um, okay. <laughs> now, a different story. That was a sweetheart deal between Gilead and the U.S. government. The Chinese have intellectual property on this. Uh, remdesivir turned out to be a drug that didn't work against COVID-19. It caused kidney injury and liver failure. The WHO called this on November of 2020. They said, do not use remdesivir in the hospital because it doesn't work. They revisited this in May of 2022, the WHO Solidarity Group. They published it in Lancet. They said, yes, we're reiterating this. All the data shows remdesivir doesn't work. Sadly, HHS put a premium on the use of remdesivir, and about a quarter of Americans unnecessarily received remdesivir, and some suffered liver injury and kidney injury that could have contributed to the death. Dr. McPeter McCullough, we've only got about another minute. Um, I know you have the wellness company, and I think it's wonderful. I've seen other people trying to pop up and imitate you. I think it's the best product out there. Uh, what can people do in the next you know, year to, uh, to stay healthy in, in the face of all of this? I think just about everybody needs to get an emergency kit and also get a COVID kit. Uh, you know, COVID's still circulating. Uh, we're seeing some patients have a little bit more severe symptoms. The COVID kit will get everybody ready to handle this at home. The emergency kit, more broadly, will handle this Chinese pneumonia, going to handle a dog bite, a urinary tract infection, yeast infection. Get, you get a full formulary of the drugs you need, guidebook, telemedicine consult, way less expensive than going to the ER or urgent care, uh, handle things on the off hour. So wellness company, twc.health, and I'm sure you have a promo code, Rob. Uh, yes. the, well, the kits really, I think, are mandatory for households. My, my, uh, my friend, I really appreciate you joining me today, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, and I do appreciate all of you have done, all of the, the, the suffering that you've gone through, all of the name-calling, all of the censorship, because it has not been an easy road for you, and I think you're coming out uh, smelling uh, as sweet as a rose. Uh, so I wish you the very best continued success, and thank you very much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks a ton. All right, very good, Dr. Peter McAuliffe. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Yesterday I went to the gym. I want to share a story real quick here. Listen to this first because it's Michael Bublé. Christmas you. I should sing standards on stage. I'll be so blue. You laugh, but I have a background in vocal music. Just thinking oh, about, about you. you with an Elvis twinge. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Decorate so last night I was at the uh, Planet Fitness. I was working out, and um, uh, I am very. Uh, pleased with the progress I'm making. 
and and I'm able to fit in. I'm literally had to throw jeans away because they don't uh, donate them because they don't fit anymore. From a 46 waist to a 37, and I'm still going down. And I'm I'm you know the chest is uh, 52, 52, arms 17, 58 year old dude, right? And I see this guy's working out. He's wearing a a, a tank and and he's got on the back of his arm. It's USMC. So I went up and I said, Hey man, I'm sorry to bother you. I just want to thank you for your service. And he and his buddy were working out. He's an army guy. And I introduced to both of them. And I said, I just want to thank you for your service. And I said, yeah. I said, you're looking great, man. I, you know, how's things going? Things are good. Things are good. He goes, you look great too, man. I said, well, you know what? I quit drinking a couple of years ago. And I, and I had kind of a you know, miracle happen in my life. And he said to me, and this is the third person who's told me this, unsolicited. And this is before he even knew my story. He said, I was drinking two-thirds of a fifth of vodka and a 30-pack of beer a day. 37 years old. And he said one night he had to talk to God and he had a realization that if he drank one more drink, he'd die. And that night he stopped and he woke up the next morning and he didn't even remember the taste of alcohol. That's what happened to me. I've talked to doctors who can't explain it. This is the third time I've heard the story. Overcoming addiction is not that easy. It never is. I will tell you that if you're struggling, as long as you have life, as long as you are not terminally ill, you can end this terminal illness because this addiction is a terminal illness. It may take you 20 years, but it's going to kill you. And maybe you're depressed, which means that you are essentially doing what Matthew Perry did you're committing suicide, but it just took you 20 years. Maybe you're, maybe you're drunk right now. I'll bet you there are a couple people right now, you think you're getting away with something. You get up in the morning, maybe you'll just have a little nip, and then a nip turns into a bunch, and then you drink and drink and drink, and you decide not to go work it a day, and you get drunk and you pass out, and you wake up and you drink some more, and you pass out again. You're not fooling anybody. One of the most powerful things that was said to Matthew Perry of Friends was by Jennifer Aniston on the set. And he said, Jennifer Aniston pulled him aside and said, we all know you're drinking. This is the third time I've heard of a miracle like that. Do I believe this miracle can happen to you? I don't know. I hope it can. I believe it can. But I will tell you what it took for me was... It took me to realize that one more drink, I would die. It may have taken a week or a year, but that drink was the deciding factor. And this young Marine, who's retired now, had the same thing happen to him. I ran into somebody in Pennsylvania, had the same thing happen to him. If you're struggling with addiction or you know someone who is, you've got to be able to surrender yourself and you've got to be able to conquer it and realize that alcohol is just something that is a, is a fermented chemical. It has no control over you. More on this uh, as we get time. Let's take a break right now, though. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. 
You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. I hope you have a glorious weekend with your uh, your family and your friends, even if you're working two or three jobs like so many people are. Isn't that interesting? You're going to be working at all the stores that are open for Christmas shopping so you can pay for Christmas shopping. It's kind of weird that way. Uh, 800-922-6680 is the number if you'd like to uh, chime in today. Also, my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World. I was talking to these uh, gentlemen at the gym last night, and I had mentioned earlier one of them was a Marine who just uh, had a miraculous healing uh, as an alcoholic. And uh, I don't consider myself an alcoholic. Uh, You know, I don't. Uh, I drank a lot, and uh, alcohol didn't have any control over me. I did. My addiction did, all that. You know, whatever. I don't want to get into this. I, it, there's nothing worse than somebody who used to drink telling you about their recovery. Uh, you know, <laughs> just I hate that crap. And you know, when I'm at parties and stuff, everybody's drinking. I'm, I'm cool with it. I don't care. Drink. Drink, drink, drink. Get drunk even. Get drunk. It's okay. Just don't, you know, depend on it and destroy people's lives with it. <laughs> That's all you got to do. But, uh, but you know, uh, there's nothing worse than, than hearing that from, from, you know, just... Remember, remember in uh, Friends, there was, a, there was a, an episode called Fun Bobby, and they had this guy, and his name was Bobby, and he was really funny. He was always fun, and they, they, the friends love him, and they decided to not drink anymore, and he wasn't funny anymore. Fun. Wasn't fun. I'm not that person. I think I'm more fun. I mean, I'm more fun than, than, than I was previously. But anyway... That said, uh, I had this conversation, and it's interesting. Alan in Dundalk wants to talk about that real quick before we, we dive into the absurdity of the day. Hello, my friend. What's going on? Hello, Rob. How are you? Long-time listener and uh, sometimes caller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, Rob. Sometimes it takes a number of years to figure out that you have an addictive personality. And... Um, it could be inherited as well. And a lot of people that are alcoholics are also chain smokers and do mm, other drugs. Mm. It's all part of your addictive nature. Well, I think that's well, psychological. I think it's psychological. Well, I, I think we all have... There might, there might be a way that you, maybe your body is more resistant to it, or you know, but I think it's more psychological than anything. And if you could look at my childhood, you'd understand why I drank. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was really messed up. It was really bad. I had a lot of really bad crap happen to me growing up, and uh, you know, we won't get into it. But, but you know, 22, that's uh, maybe the reason. Yeah. When I was twenty-two, I was stationed in Key West, Florida, and on a on a navy on a navy salary back in the seventies, I could go through a, a higher paycheck with twenty-five cent beer and fifty cent shots. Oh yeah, yeah. entire paycheck. Standing on my head every week, every week. Wow, yeah. Now, here's the deal. I was also a chain smoker. Oh, geez. So that's how I talk about, talk about addictive personality. And um, I, was a, I was a member of what was known as the Fleet Seminary School Choir. So I knew a lot of people that were outside of uh, the normal Navy, Navy uh, personnel. And this one chaplain, Chaplain Smith, I'll never forget him for the rest of my life. He took me off to the side and he said, Son, I know you got a problem. Alcohol is your problem and Jesus is the cure. He said it a long time before Clint Eastwood ever did. <laughs> and he said, Now here's what I'm going to do for you, son. I'm going to get you a job as a bartender at the Key West EM, at the EM Club. Okay, real quick, go ahead. Look at yourself. 
across the bar every night. And if you start drinking again, there will be three people that know about it. The manager, Jesus, and me. And these <laughs> crosses stop talking and these bars start walking. Do we understand each other, son? I said, nice. yes, sir. Yeah. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and that'll, and that'll do it. You know, and that's another thing. You know, you need to, you need to be called to task. You need, you know, they're always like, enablers, enablers, you're an enabler, and all of that. But sometimes it's hard not to when you got some jackweed who's, you know, whatever. Anyway, I do appreciate you sharing your story. I don't want to make the whole show about this, but I do appreciate your story, Alan. I do. I really do. Thank you, my friend, and God bless you. You know, a miracle happened for me. I, I was, here's what I'll say. Last, last note on this. Last note on this. Um, I knew that I had some help, but I really wasn't, and I'm not saying this happens to you, God didn't pick me up until I had given up. And I was just ready. I was like, I'm done. It's over. I was willing to throw everything away. I don't know. And I told you this last year, like in the end of uh, Christmas Carol, I was able to sponge the writing off the stone. My name should have been carved in marble two years ago. I, I was going to die. I had, my ankles were swollen. Uh, I was uh, 289 pounds. No, 286. I was 286. I was the same weight as the Marine I met at the club last night. He was 286. <laughs> but anyway, if you're struggling, alcohol, it does not have any power over you. It does not. It is a chemical. It's created when you ferment fruit and with sugar and it becomes alcohol and you put it in your body. It has no control over you at all. Oh, I want to mention this. I want to mention this. Speaking of chemical, one of the biggest videos ever done on uh, on Instagram, and I just really started on Instagram. It used to be just about cooking, and I did a video the other day about all of these electric Ford Mustangs at the local Ford dealership. And this Ford dealership is wonderful, and I feel bad for these uh, these uh, salespeople because they've got to try and sell these cars that nobody wants, and they also got to try to sell these F one fifty Lightnings that nobody wants. That's the F one fifty electric version of a pickup truck, which is worthless if you actually use a pickup truck. For what it's wor- what's what it's what it's there for, and that is to do work, carry payloads, and all that. Electric vehicles, as soon as you put a thousand pounds in it, your battery life goes down, plummets, and your range goes down. Now, I'm getting a lot of vitriol, and and I love this when people these uh, people call me a boomer, right? Okay, I'm a Generation Xer, and when somebody calls you a boomer, hey boomer, that's a slight of your age, all right? So I always say, uh, I can't do anything about age. You can't do anything about stupid. So let's just get back to the facts, all right? Here's what happens with a, and this is the reason why electric vehicles will never work for anything but commuter cars, weed whackers, and golf carts. Because a battery is a chemical reaction. It is not a power plant. It does not create, the, 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 the battery has to be charged for it to convey power to the engine and when the battery, the energy is used, then it becomes a product that has to be charged again, all right? When you have an, a, a gas engine in your car and a tank full of gas, the engine itself causes the explosions in the pistons that drive the car, all right? So you have an autonomous unit that exists using gasoline all right using gas somebody is outside using a weed whacker and the window's open using the gasoline all right 
to, uh, to, to create this reaction and propel the vehicle. With an electric vehicle, you have to plug it in, get the energy into it, and the energy is given to the electric motor. The electric motor doesn't create anything with any sort of reaction. So in a battery, you've got acid and lead or something very similar, another metal, and the power is created when the lead chemically reacts with the acid and becomes essentially water, and the byproducts are water and energy. Then you have to put energy back into the battery and charging it to convert the water and the lead back into sulfuric acid. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a little bit difficult, but I'm a science geek, all right? I know these things. So the reason why, I've got to close this window, this is crazy. Uh, the reason why that uh, the, the uh, electric vehicle will never work is because you have to derive the power outside. There you go. All right, while I close the window for the weed whacker, I'm going to play this. And then we're going to talk about the Karens on Capitol Hill from the Poison Ivy League. Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas. Germany suddenly mad Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas Cause we ain't been nothing but bad And so have America's Ivy League schools not getting nothing They cut off Gaza aid Germany's mad at us They're surrendering They read all the threats we made Germany's mad at us They just announced a funding freeze No longer will they appease But we beg you, pretty please Don't pull the plug on us Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas I don't think they celebrate it, but that's okay Rashida Tlaib is distraught More bacon over there, guys Right here because hating her own country what, what, what? is what Rashida has been taught. There you go. That is uh, Jim Gossett. So Harvard President Claudine Gay issued the first real apology two days after saying uh, calling, uh, calling for genocide of Jews only constitutes harassment depending on the context. That was spouted by the uh, head of MIT, UPenn, which is massively corrupt. U- University of Pennsylvania is massively corrupt. And honestly, I mean, 70 plus million dollars from the Chinese Communist Party for the UPenn Center. Uh, you know, uh, millions, hundreds of millions, billions, 1.3 or 1.5 billion dollars coming to Harvard in three years from Middle Eastern states, Saudi Arabia and those others. The, these schools are, they are uh, factories for uh, socialism, for brainwashed youth that are worthless when they graduate. Uh, they are nothing but political uh, indoctrination camps, and they're also massive money laundering operations. That's what I got to say about UPenn, Harvard, uh, MIT, and other, Columbia, all of them, all of them, and it's being exposed. Here is what this uh, Claudine Gay, who uh, clearly is not qualified for her job. I'm sorry. Words matter. I don't know how you could feel anything but regret. You, Ben, has lost $100 million. 
is being withdrawn by Ross Stevens, the founder and CEO of Stone Ridge Asset Management, in protest of the Institute's handling of anti-Semitism on campus. Uh, in case you didn't hear that, the, the were some kids, Jewish kids, had to hide in the school library while these uh, radical leftists pounded on the door, almost like they were hiding in an attic behind a bookcase. Yeah. Since in December 2017, Stevens contributed $100 million in cash to establish a center for innovation and finance using limited partnership units in Stone Ridge, blah, blah, blah. And Stevens is saying that the university violated terms outlined in the limited partnership agreement. He's pulling the money. That hurts. That's $100 million. Wow. Congress throws the book, vows to throw the book at Harvard, MIT, and UPenn with full force of subpoena. After shameful anti-Semitism, where college presidents gave pathetic, morally bankrupt testimony. I love this. Elise Stefanik said yesterday, after this week's pathetic and morally bankrupt testimony by university presidents when answering my questions, the Education and Workforce Committee is launching a, an official congressional investigation with the full force of subpoena power into UPenn, MIT, uh, MIT MIT, huh? and Harvard, and others, and others. The investigation will include substantial document requests, and the committee will not hesitate to utilize compulsory measures, including subpoenas, if a full response is not immediately forthcoming. Ooh, I would just love to see some of these institutions be bankrupt out of existence. And I mean that full-throatedly, 100% bankrupted. You can't say that about Harvard. Oh, hell yeah, I can say that about Harvard. (laughs) Unbelievable, unbelievable. David Wolp. Uh, Rabbi David Wolp, highly respected Jewish leader from Southern California, currently a visiting scholar at the Harvard Divinity School, resigned Thursday from Harvard's anti-Semitism committee in the wake of President Claudine Gay's testimony. Yeah, yeah, so the uh, the bleep is hitting the fan with them as well, and it's about time. On the way, you know, CARE, C-A-I-R, Council for Islamic American Relations and all that, or American Islamic Relations. Yeah, it turns out uh, one of the heads of them is a radical anti-Semite terrorist supporter. I'm going to share his audio at a recent speech talking about October the 7th. It's going to blow your mind. And, and I've been picked on by CARE for a long time. They've been lying about who they are and where their, uh, where their loyalties are for decades. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. So uh, the uh, the Poison Ivy League uh, testimony the other day from the three Karens, and by the way, somebody wrote, uh, uh, called uh, uh, Brian, my producer in Baltimore, and said, hey, my name's Karen, and I just really don't appreciate that. I, I know, I'm sorry to the women named Karen. It's nothing against you. It's just the word they're using. You know, I get offended when people say somebody robbed a bank. I'm like, really? What did I have to do with that? All right, what, what did I have to do with robbing a bank? I mean, my name is Rob. But honestly, but anyway, ABC News uh, even decided that this was a bad thing. Tonight, the president of Harvard. Now, listen to this woman. Listen, do you suppose this woman doing a report talks like this in conversation? Because if she does, nobody would ever talk to her. Listen, listen to her, the, the, the way she talks. Not saying anything against what she's saying, because it's true, but listen. Tonight, the president of Harvard. The president of Harvard. 
University of Pennsylvania and MIT facing a tough grade after... Oh, you passed the potatoes. Please, Mom. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we never want you to come back. This question was posed to them at a House education hearing this week on anti-Semitism. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Does calling for the genocide of yeah. Jews violate Penn's rules Karen's, or code of conduct? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes, it is a contact. I literally think they were being smug and arrogant when they said this, like cutesy. Let's all just say it together. It's a dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon kind of the context. The peas there. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no it can be depending on the context no, no it does not depend on the context the answer is yes and this is why you should resign yes. these are unacceptable answers yes. across the board of course today new york republican elise stefanik announced a congressional investigation with subpoena power into the universities which are facing widespread condemnation i want to be clear a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening. Now, if you went on there and said, I want all black people to be uh, eliminated from the planet. Yeah. Duh. These women need to lose their jobs. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. And any university president, like even Georgetown, that's allowed this crap to foment, allowed people to, to put up, uh, uh, you know, projections of from the river to the sea on the side of a Jewish named library. They all need to lose their jobs and all these universities do need to lose their funding. Alan in Dundalk. Hello and welcome. No, Johnny in Santa Cruz, I should say. Uh, Johnny, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind? Oh, you'll love this. You, what? Only you'll get this joke. Is state of California because you're you're a genius broadcaster. State of California, <laughs> you sure. can't even make this up. Yeah. So we're trying to shoot a show uh, about Silicon Valley. No one going back. Return to office versus work from Habitat. You'll love this. Gavin Newsom and his infinite genius wrote a law, and they passed it in California for tax credit for a forty-minute show when all the streaming shows are thirty. So I called up the California Film Commission, and Dave Cortese, he's our state senator, you know, from Silicon Valley. And, and the, the people of the Film Commission said, because I want them to do their job, I'm threatening them. I'm threatening them with doing their job. <laughs> this is, you can't make this up, Rob. You should call them. Because it's right. like, you cannot make this up. You literally in California cannot make this up where you ask somebody, we have a show sponsored by a major Silicon Valley companies, and I'm asking them, all streaming shows are 30, Rob. You know this. And yes. my boss is, my boss did Beavis and, you know, the other show. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, I know Rob, everything. You're asking people to do their job, and this is where we are now. All right. Thanks, th thanks for the phone call, Johnny. I, I do appreciate the phone call. Uh, thank you uh, very much. By the way, we had Dr. Peter McAuliffe on last hour. Talked about uh, you know what was going on in uh, in the world, the new uh, the new pandemic that's possibly out there, and how you should be prepared. Well, maybe one of the things you could do is get a kit from the wellness company. I'll tell you about that on the other side of the break. And you know what I'm going to do next hour, next half hour, the last hour of the show. Uh, let's just have some fun, shall we? Should we just have some fun? 
How about that? I got some new parodies. I got some fun stories. Uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, somebody has worse approval ratings than Joe Biden, the mayor of New York. That's on the other side of this. And this is the Rob Carson Show. Funny. My uh, my boss Lee sent me this. Uh, did you know that Triumph, <laughs> the insult comic dog, appeared on the View today? Listen to this. Joy, you and I both got so drunk we were fighting over who got to sniff Hillary Clinton's chair. <laughs> <laughs> you realize you're 81. You're old enough to run for president. <laughs> to watch The View. <laughs> You're right in the demographic of The View now. I kid, I love The View. It's inspiring, it's empowering. It's a place women feel safe here, except from other women. <laughs> nice, nice. No, I kid, and, and uh, how's your man, Joy? He's fine, husband? yeah. 29 years for you to marry your husband. Clearly being a co-host on The View to, taught her not to get too attached to anybody. <laughs> This show wasn't affected by the actor strike, was it? No. No, see, it doesn't. That wouldn't make any sense to me because I think you're all excellent actors. Like the way uh, you four girls all act like you're interested in Alyssa's opinions. <gasps> nice. 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 I like, oh my God, I actually uh, found uh, the view to be entertaining for a second there. That is just nuts. <laughs> Speaking of funny, this is my buddy Sean Farish. He's the guy who does the uh, the uh, Trump impressions on this show and others around the country. And uh, and last night after uh, Hunter Biden's nine uh, indictments, nine charges, he came up with this. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Children being sniffed by crooked jaw. Hunter Biden in the corner trying to get even higher. And Pocahontas dressed up like an Eskimo. Chris Christie ate all the turkey and the mistletoe. Yeah. Peekaboo Letitia James just ain't that bright. <laughs> if you're in the room when Eric Swalwell lets one go, you'll find it hard to breathe tonight. Or John Kerry. They know that Trump is on his way. He'll close the border on the first day. And their whole plan will have backfired. When we tell Crooked Joe, you're fired. And so I'm offering this simple phrase. We'll say it from now until the end. Though it's been said many times, many ways, make America great again. There you go. That is uh, Sean Farish, uh, who, who, you know, like me, uh, he was doing a blue-collar job. He was, uh, came up with this uh, uh, Trump impression. And uh, I remember I first talked to him. And, and I remember the first time I was on the show, and he, and he, and he, he did the brilliant Trump impression. And I was asking him questions. He was responding as Trump would answer. I said, that's not funny. you got to make it funny, dude. You can't just be a Trump impressionist. you got to be funny. And look what happened. Woo! I'm not taking all the credit, but, you know, I'm not taking all the credit. Just 99%. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way, as I mentioned earlier, we had Dr. Peter McCullough on earlier. It was an epic interview. It was fascinating. Fascinating. you got to listen to the podcast today. But he, he exposed uh, how the government literally created, uh, with the PREP Act in 2005, what happened during COVID. Stunning. 
He also, if you're issued a warning about what you're going to need, they have a COVID kit, by the way. And they've got an emergency medical kit at this company he created called The Wellness Company. And, and it's blowing up, man. It's getting huge. So they got a COVID kit, and they got a family wellness kit with amoxicillin, all the things you're going to need from everything from a urinary tract infection to, uh, to the flu. Uh, it's all there. And all you got to do is go to this website, twc.health slash Carson. Carson will get you 10% off. My producer, Ken, he said, dude, I, I got this the other day. I got it in the mail, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did not have this. Ivermectin, amoxicillin, z all the things you may need from anthrax to tick bites, uh, whatever. To have it on hand is important. It's important as jumper cables in your, in your car. It's as important as aspirin in your medicine chest. TWC.health slash Carson, the wellness company, to get your emergency medical kit twc.health slash carson uh let's go to uh todd in glen burning hello there todd how you doing my friend happy friday to you happy friday to you brother i'm glad What's you up, bud? played that funny i'm glad you just played that funny song the trump parody because uh when when that insult dog was talking about sniffing hillary's chair it kind of made me throw up in my mouth so <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's a relief. That was like... Yeah, you might want to... Hey, Todd, Todd, if Hillary sits in a chair, you might want to, like you do at the gym, just go get the spray bottle and some paper towels. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Or Bill, even worse. Can you imagine Bill sitting in the chair? My God in heaven. <laughs> the Trump song was almost like an alka seltzer for me. It kind of, like, put the back I got you. you know? <laughs> but, uh, I got you. Anyway, no, I was... Uh, two things real quick. Um, the, the I know you wanted to keep it light, Um but the one thing is when you came back from uh, the previous segment and you were playing um, O Come All Ye Faithful, that was the Twisted Sister version. And I'm, I'm a Gen Xer just like you are, and I know that you know you're aware of Twisted Sister. Uh, yeah. And Dee Snyder, he, he um, admitted that he stole that melody to make we're not going to take it. So if you listen to it, yeah. you know, oh, come all ye faithful, and then... We're not going to take it. Really? We're not going to... He admitted that he stole that. Okay. That, wow. That, that aside. Okay, so the, the last wow. thing I wanted to say real quick. Um, the, the Hunter Biden indictment. I keep hearing all these clips of these pundits from CNN, MSNBC. You know, if, if this... If his last name wasn't Biden... He wouldn't be dealing with any of this stuff. And my thought was, if his last name wasn't Biden, he'd be he'd be buried under the jail. I mean, do you oh, yeah, really disagree with that? Oh, my God. What he has done as far as taxes are concerned. I mean, right now you've got Joe Biden. He, he, he came up with $87 billion for the IRS to go after people who cheat on their taxes. And his son, and he knew it, too, because Joe Biden didn't pay any money on, on taxes on that. That's why this guy is such a miserable, wretched, awful human being who Joe Biden, he ain't going to go to jail. He will die before that. And he won't remember what he did, too. So there's no satisfaction in that. The satisfaction is going to come from Hunter Biden going to jail and the FBI, DOJ, DHS, and all of these government agencies being defunded and those people being indicted, uh, brought to trial, and sentenced. That's where the satisfaction is going to come, Todd. I hope so. I do, too, bro. Thanks for the phone call. You too, bud. You too, bud. Oh, and Donald Trump has filed a, a, a trial for a mistrial on uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday, he did. 
uh, citing tangible and overwhelming evidence of bias from the uh, court judged by, uh, led by Judge Arthur Ingeron. It's true, by the way. 30-page motion. Tainted, uh, uh, Ingeron cha- uh, tainted the trial by publicly commenting on the proceedings, co-judging uh, with his law clerk, Allison Greenfield, who is involved with extensive partisan activities. And it's true. It's very true. Uh, and then this happened during the uh, the trial of a Florida real estate agent testified at the civil trial in New York that Mar-a-Lago is worth a billion dollars. Lawrence Mowens, who was called as a witness by the defense, testified that the Florida property could be sold as a home, saying it would be valued over a billion dollars in 2021. He also told the court that the President Trump's company had actually undervalued Mar-a-Lago by half. He says, I work very hard to sell rich people property in Palm Beach. I'm on the front lines every day selling properties, and I have a pretty good handle on what's happening in the market. Spanning 17 acres with waterfront on both sides, the Trump estate and social club is a home, a place the former president and current Republican 2024 frontrunner has conducted high-profile meetings, blah, blah, blah. Palm Beach luxury... Uh, a uh, real estate broker testified that he he'd value the historic property at a billion dollars, and and it is. It's it's uh, ridiculous to think otherwise. Ridiculous. Donald Trump was saying. And by the way, we now know that uh, the raid of Mar-a-Lago came from the White House. The raid of Mar-a-Lago had to be approved by Joe Biden, then the FBI, and they made it happen. What Donald Trump is alleging, and I believe is true is the White House is calling all the shots on these indictments. They are involved. They are knee-deep in it. All of these uh, these AGs and DAs are partisan hacks, Soros-funded partisan hacks. And all of this is being done by the dictator of America, Joe Biden. And I say that because he is doing the exact same damn thing that they do in places like Venezuela, who, by the way, Joe Biden has enriched... And they're getting ready to invade a neighboring country, so welcome to war down south. But here is Donald Trump yesterday saying that. Down people right under the attorney general, put him into the district attorney's office, also put a man into the state attorney general's office, Leticia James' office. Happened to be the same man. This is coming right from the White House. This is a disgraceful situation. The country's never seen anything like it. But this expert witness, highly respected by everybody, with a resume that few people have ever seen before, said there was no fraud, there was no accounting fraud, there was nothing. Yeah. And uh, people are going to have to be held accountable for it. That's the retribution. And there should be retribution because you and I have suffered because of it too. Whether it be economically, whether it be censorship, these are the abuses and usurpations that were mentioned in the Declaration of Independence. However, the founders' abuses and usurpations paled by comparison. Paled by comparison. This is Vivek Ramaswamy being uh, interviewed by um, Dana Bash following the uh, little-watched GOP debate the other night. (laughs) Because I don't know if you know this, they they released a bunch of the January the 6th uh, uh, footage from inside the Capitol, and there was no damage. There was no damage. The police officer were helping. There was one police officer literally had somebody who was supposedly dressed up like, a, a, you know, Antifa and, uh, and apparently must have been a friend of the FBI or the agent there because uh, took the handcuffs off, gave him a high five, fist bump, walked out of the Capitol. We also know that 200, you know, but, but anyway, here's what Vivek Ramaswamy said to Dan Abash. I think this is, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. Listen to this. Start with okay. January 6th. Sure. 
There is no evidence that it is an inside job. It was a fringe conspiracy theory that the Trump-appointed FBI director, Christopher Wray, has said explicitly over and over, is just not. Oh, uh, Chris Ray. I mean, well, in that, in that case, just in the interview, because Chris Ray would never lie about everything. Oh, no, he does. True. So let me, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to address it. Mm. I was an anti-woke crusader leaving the business world, and if you had asked me three years ago, is there some chance January 6th is an inside job, I would have said that was crazy talk. I would say looking at the facts of the video footage that have come out, Dana, it is shocking that you still haven't gotten a clear answer of how many federal agents were in the field that day. Look at now the video footage of actually throwing explosives and rubber bullets into what was a peaceful crowd, then releasing to the public what came in response to that. But now look at the video footage that was released, and I'm glad we're talking about it because viewers deserve to look at that footage. Weird. Capitol Police literally letting people in who were then now prosecuted, some of whom have gone on to commit suicide because of what the government's doing. That is a case of entrapment, and I think the government has not been transparent about this, which is why I then brought up another case where the government, now 20 years later, with declassified documents, tells us that they lied to us at the time. And so I do think we have a government that's people. consistently lied to its people. But an inside job suggests that everybody was who, who attacked the Capitol was well, part of say that. I didn't say that, but I was saying that there is a case, there's entrapment going on. There you go. That's what uh, that's what Vivek Ramaswamy says. <sighs> he doesn't have a chance of becoming the president now, but I think it's kind of interesting. That's kind of it's kind of interesting. I did mention this. Uh, uh, Nihad Awad, the executive director of the Council on American Islamic uh, Relations, and they're going to tell you forever that they are a perfectly peaceful organization. Well, this guy was actually celebrating the October the 7th attack by Hamas in which 1,400 people were murdered, raped. I can go on and on. Awad's speech November 24th at the American Muslims of Palestine for Palestine Convention in Chicago was reported at the time largely overlooked. Listen to Nihad Awad. I'll just call him uh, Nimrod Ahol. Uh, <laughs> Nimrod, I kind of like that, actually. Uh, Nimrod Ahol uh, uh, saying exactly what we've said about radical Islamists, repeating their talking points. The people of Gaza only decided to break the siege, the walls of the concentration camp on October 7th. Wow. And yes, I was happy to see people breaking the siege and throwing down the shackles. Now, um... I'm not going to get into all the details of all the rapes and the murders and the uh, execution of innocents and the putting a baby in an oven and baking it alive and uh, cutting a baby out of a woman's stomach, killing it, and then killing her and killing her husband. Uh, that's what they did. That's what these miserable bastards did. And that this man is doing it should say that care needs to go the way of Harvard, MIT, and UPenn. Of their own land and walk free into their lands that they were not allowed to walk in. Listen to the applause. Council on American Islamic yes, Relations. The people of Gaza have the right to self-defense, have the right to defend themselves. And yes, murdering and raping is not defense. And how dare you, you, you third world troglodyte from hell. Let's take a break and come back. I've got some comedy on the other side for the last break. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Christmas for Hamas. 
Uh, they are now pumping uh, seawater into the Hamas tunnels. Glub, glub. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, no pity for the bastards. There you go. I just said it. Yeah, no pity for them. Uh, they will no longer be a part of, uh, of the discussion very soon. Hamas will be wiped from the face of the earth. And then when, uh, when the next president, presumably Donald Trump, takes over, then we can wipe radical Islam off the face of the earth. And uh, peaceful Islamics who want to live in peace will be able to do so. How about that? Because I'm really kind of tired of it. I've lived through 40 years of my life with this crap. I'm tired of it. Marine barracks bombings, uh, uh, 1993 World Trade Center, 2001 Trade Center bombings, Flight 800, uh, you know, Lockerbie, I can go on. I'm about done with this crap. It's about time to end it. It's about time. It is time to end it. Alex Jones was uh, talking to Tucker Carlson. I don't like Alex Jones. I, I think he's uh, an obnoxious blowhard. I always get a lot of heat. Oh, Alex Jones is the truth teller, man. Okay, you know, he does, he does get some things right. He also gets some things incredibly wrong. This I'm kind of on the fence on. He talks about Joe Biden uh, being drugged up and walking around the White House naked. Now, this does have some credence because Secret Service used to call him uh, Cobra because he'd walk around naked around the swimming pool at the vice president's residence in front of Secret Service agents who were female. You see the system, the media going after Biden, and he deserves it, but they were covering it up until now. Now they're covering the laptop. Now they're covering attack on the dog. Now they're covering, you know, all of his senility. All the corruption, the Chinese spies. I agree that. Yeah, they are. Dog. What a pig he is. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was told that by Secret Service and by uh, people that, let's just say, work with them. And I'm going to leave it at that. But I actually have a contact for you. I'll actually be able to hear it from them. But when this is over, I'll let you actually hear it from yourself. Oh, okay. I think they'll tell you off record. I think they're willing right. to talk to you. Okay, great. Well, uh, but, yeah, he, he, he is completely out of his mind. He wanders around for the entire two and a half years. It's getting worse. Naked in the White House. Uh, in the middle of the night, doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, yeah. a bunch of amphetamines. In Don't the doubt that at all. And they've got to drug him uh, at night. Sometimes he's got to, though, he'll like be out for the morning for a while, and then he comes back out at night for a ball. That's when there's a real problem. He is on drugs. I, I have established that. I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone personally who witnessed him uh, taking amphetamines. And this was this was during the 2016, uh, 20, 2020 election. I, I, I believe it. I, whether he walks around naked, I don't doubt it. You know, we also heard from Secret Service that Hillary Clinton would throw things at, at, at Bill Clinton and scream at him. You know, we're never going to hear the all of that, maybe until the, after they die or something. But clearly, I mean, Joe Biden, come on. You know, there you go. That's why I say it's just, it's, it's, uh, I'm not stupid. All right, I'm not stupid. Uh, Joe, you know why I know Joe Biden has advanced dementia? Because I'm not stupid. You know why I know that the Hunter Biden laptop was, was real? Because I'm not stupid. You know why I think all the COVID, pro, COVID protocols were, uh, were bullcrap? Uh, because I'm not stupid. Russia collusion, not stupid. I can go on and on. I can go on and on. All the things that the government called disinformation and misinformation. I just said, well, no, I believe him because I'm not stupid. There you go. All right, before I go, I want to mention this. My TV show is on this weekend. I talked to a guy at the gym. He's like, man, I watch Newsmax all the time. What's your show? It's on the week. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World? What in the World? is a legit comedy, 30 minutes, me improvisationally riffing during video clips, and I write a script, and it's very good, and it's been on a year before Gutfeld. So go to NewsmaxTV.com uh, if you want listings, but you definitely want to watch it. It's, it's really good. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, enjoy day two of Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Have a glorious weekend. Check out my radio show. Uh, news, I should say, my podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you, Israel, the United States. And until Monday, do not catch the stupid. I'll see you then. <laughs>